All right, we just heard one, uh, a nice little track there from the Shifting Sands called The Kitchen Sink. But right now, on the line from Fiji, I'm joined by Dr. Olivia Jutel, lecturer in journalism from the University of South Pacific. Good morning, Olivier. Bula, kia ora. What's going on, Jamie? Uh, you know, just same old, same old brother, just sitting in the studio, just waiting for the atom bombs to drop. Buy gold. Yeah, buy gold. Buy gold. Yeah. No, don't buy gold. Well, it went up a little bit, then it came back down, as did a lot of the markets. All right, defense stocks, up through the roof. Uh, All you crazy lefties that think that Trump was like an anti-interventionist, I like to call him a bloodthirsty isolationist. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Hillary's got her own war record and resume, which is very impressive. Um, but, But when defense stocks go up, you know, there's something going on there. Yeah, yeah. De- oh, oh, most definitely, most definitely. Right, we're going to start off with uh, the kind of like, how did we get here? Um, I mean, there's so many different things. Job losses due to trade deals and the market mm-hmm. crash. There's uh, dodgy fucking dealings going on in the Dem Party during the primaries. You know, it turned a lot of people off. Uh, fear in, um, you know, immigrants and globalization. So many things. Right. Okay. This is a, this is a tough one. Now, Jamie. I hang out in some very jaded, cynical left spaces, and I will be totally honest, I didn't know anybody who really thought, you know, we all criticized ruthlessly Hillary's terrible campaign, her self-destructive campaign, Mm -hmm. um, but we never really thought um, that this would happen. So even, again, I'm not just talking about Huffington Post, which, you know, was calling with 99% certainty that it was going to be Hillary. I'm not talking about that kind of sycophantic liberals. I'm talking about even in left left spaces, um, we didn't quite see this coming. I mean, I think uh, in terms of of the polling itself, I think there's definitely a kind of double-pronged, uh, Bradley effect. Bradley was a guy, a uh, black candidate for mayor in uh, L.A. in the 90s, and pollsters did not kind of come to terms that people didn't want to admit to a pollster that they would not vote for a black guy. Mm-hmm. So I think people were scared to admit they'd vote for Trump. People were scared to admit that they didn't really want to vote for a woman. And the middle, the suburbanite Republicans, you're kind of, you know, bedrock Republicans, who Hillary Clinton based her whole campaign on appealing to, you know, the, the, that were the, the people that had lined up behind your Rubios, your Bushes, and even your Cruises, those people all fell into line. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, well, whatever. I mean, I thought that would more or less be the case. But running a, uh, a campaign based on appealing to the good Republicans was absolutely suicidal. You know, you, you have to, in a sense, you know, to differentiate and distinguish yourself and give a message, not to simply say, I will bring people together in a national conversation and we will have consensus and all of those things. Um, so that was, that was, that was totally uh, political suicide um, on, on her side of things. Um, in terms of the Democratic primary process, well, we know that that was rotten to the core. We know that the Democratic Party would rather lose to Donald Trump 
than than go leftward and you know have kind of awkward conversations uh, with the people at Goldman Sachs and you know and all the rest of it. I mean, we know in the in the release of her transcripts what Hillary Clinton thinks about the financial sector. She says, "Look, you guys should be writing the legislation. You know, you guys shouldn't be barred from government because you've led, led, led successful lives, et cetera, et cetera." So, you know. We know who Hillary Clinton is. That was an absolutely unwinnable message in an electorate where, you know, there's real pain. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, six million people uh, lost their houses. Houses are underwater. And there's been no kind of retribution or vengeance for that. And, you know, the Trump vote is, is that kind of raw, animalistic kind of, you know, burn down, you know, burn down your enemy's house. And it's not rational. Um, but it does tap into that kind of seething emotion. And a Democratic Party that ran on the message that everything is super. America is great. America is already great. It's never going to win. Mm -hmm. Never going to win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, maybe I'll just stop there. Um, no, but you're totally right. I mean, if they, Wall Street wasn't punished for 2008. In fact, um, things went status quo just three years later and bonuses were back That's up right. and everybody's doing the same thing and it's heading in the same direction maybe not in the subprime loans with the houses but you're seeing subprime loans in other areas uh and you see the same kind of bubbles forming once again and it's being allowed to happen and people yep. aren't dumb they see yeah, it listen the, the fed has been printing tens of billions of dollars to give to the financial sector to loan at whatever interest rates they want yeah. could you imagine let me let me put on my communist hat here could you imagine if there was a state controlled central bank that could distribute money at whatever rates it deems necessary not to make a return on investment but to you know take care of the housing sector to you know fund infra green infrastructure projects and all the yeah. rest of it. Yeah. We, you know, like, people that say that ideas about socialism are unrealistic and fantasy. I mean, listen, we just gave tens of billions of dollars with no strings attached to the most corrupt plutocrats uh, on this planet. So, I mean, I'm sorry. You know, neoliberalism is totally unrealistic and untenable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and listen, listen, the thing about Hillary as well, she she ran on a message that I can govern, I can get things done. Um, look, I mean, we're looking at a Republican House and a Republican Senate. It's it's very doubtful. I don't know what she could have gotten done except for maybe selling out Social Security, and then liberals would have said what a great kind of compromise and temperament <laughs> that required, and all the rest of it. But if you are going to have political deadlock. You need movements to, you know, I'm talking, you know, no to Dakota Access Pipeline, Black yeah. Lives Matter, Occupy, mm. all that stuff. You need movements, you need ideas. All right, so listen, a Sanders candidacy, a Sanders presidency would have moved things outside of the kind of broken uh, systems of Washington. And listen, uh, liberals love process. And, and one, one thing that's so amazing is that now that Trump is elected, the people that were screaming at the top of their lungs about fascism and we must defeat him, we must defeat him, everybody is normalizing him. They're saying, oh, what a great speech he gave last night. Oh, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 Look, yeah. These same people turn on a dime. And you wonder why we think that your you know, hair on fire screaming about fascism is completely shallow. You know? Like... If they really believe that, then we, you know, we'd, they'd be drawing some different conclusions. But they love process. They love the institutions uh, more than anything. Um, yeah. Well, the thing, the thing I'm most worried about um, for myself, well, not for myself, mm -hmm. but for the people, is the Supreme Court. 
Now, uh, right. you know, obviously Scalia's I, I gone. I saw you post about Roe v. Wade, and I'll just I'll keep it real short. I think I'm not sure that Roe v. Wade is necessarily under threat, but look at Texas, North Carolina, Indiana, the state where Mike Pence is from. The, the Republicans have oh. moved a little bit past Roe v. Wade to very local, state-level means to yep. um, to totally... I'm, try, I'm sorry, I'm trying hard not to swear, but to totally uh, humiliate and uh, brutalize and legislate against women's reproductive health. That mm -hmm. is happening. That really is happening. So if people want to get mad, get mad about that now and run state-level elections. I mean, in addition to getting crushed in the House and the Senate, uh, across the board and local municipalities and at the state level, Democrats have been getting crushed for years because they've been fetishizing the presidency. Um, and, and this is also part of Hillary's problem of holding up the good Republican. You know, good Republicans like Paul Ryan, who would never say the kind of incendiary things that Trump would do. Like, when you boost up the good Republican, you kill the Democratic ticket down party. So, you know, Hillary Clinton and her campaign can cry me a river about the Supreme Court and Roe v. Wade, but I actually don't think they mean it. Or, you know, like, I think there's a real condescension towards women in you know rural america who don't live on the coast who don't have a higher education they've kind of just left them there to fend for themselves they're not fighting for the women of texas and indiana and all the rest of it yeah yeah maybe i'm getting a little bit too fired up here but even if we just move away from roe v way just the supreme court in general you you're going to replace scalia um, mm -hmm. And he's promised to replace them with somebody quite uh, far, you know, quite off to the right. And then you've yeah. got you've you've got at least two more that are going to drop mm. off during this term, yep. you know. And right. you know, and and yeah. and they could easily be um, the liberal side of, of the the court. So, and then yep. these people are going to be in for life. You know, they're talking to twenty years. Yeah, and uh, he'll pick. Uh, He'll, he'll pick a youngin, because the Republicans yeah. always do. Mm -hmm, now, mm -hmm. Republicans always pick an extremist and a youngin, and Democrats go for a guy like Merrick Garland. I don't know if you... Merrick Garland was Obama's pick, who is the most corporate neoliberal you could have imagined. And again, this is typical of liberals, it's typical of Obama. It's why, you know, to be honest, the third term of Obama didn't necessarily appeal that much to people. I'm sorry, because, you know, Obama always starts his position by like, okay, here's what I think the Republicans might like and accept, and then bargains from that and gets, you know, and then we get to a terrible position rather than, you know, fighting for ideas and principles and then maybe settling from that position they're always tripping over themselves to, to to meet the other side halfway so i mean you know but listen trump will and the republicans will nominate a horrendous ghoul for the supreme <laughs> court there's no doubt about that yeah but, yeah 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 here's what i think progressives and just to get on my little socialism soapbox the constitution is a regressive document i mean the bill of rights is is there and you know thank god the bill of rights exists but the constitution you know was you know, white male slave owners, men of property, mm -hmm. and that's always been what it's been there. You know, so people who revere the Constitution, I think we need to take a good hard look at that a little bit and say, well, you know, maybe this isn't appealing to the Constitution as um, the kind of backstop for, for decency in our politics is maybe not a great idea.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's quickly look a little bit about foreign policy and what may happen. Yes. Um, you know, do we, are we going to see a lifting in sanctions against Russia? Are we going to see a pulling out of the uh, the Middle East, which will create a vacuum for Russians and uh, radicals? Okay. So, oh man, this is a complicated thing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is bad for the Iran deal, and I have to oh, say, yeah. the Iran deal oh, is yeah. one of. And and this is what, one of the things I said. Look, John Kerry was a far superior Secretary of State than Hillary Clinton. I mean, the Iran deal is incredibly important, and Obama did that in spite of Netanyahu kicking and screaming. Um, and you know, again, Hillary Clinton was there saying, "Look, we need to take our relationship to Israel to the, to another level." I mean, you know, on top of tens of billions of dollars of aid, I literally don't know what could be possible. Hillary Clinton was not a fan of the Iran deal, so. So who knows? I mean, maybe that would be the bipartisan consensus she would have been able to achieve. Um, on Syria, look, this is where I get a bit controversial here. I think Hillary Clinton's uh, position on Syria was frankly terrifying. All right, no fly zone, absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, and, and frankly, you know, Russian armaments, anti-aircraft weapons are good. They would have shot down some U.S. planes, and God knows where it goes from there. Um, I do not buy the, or one of the most embarrassing things from this election is Hillary Clinton and the liberal media talking about uh, Trump as a Manchurian candidate for Putin. Absolute freaking nonsense. I mean, there was one thing that Franklin Four wrote, and I'm getting a little bit, you know, in the kind of weeds, but uh, uh, it was last week where he said, oh, there's a secret server between Trump and uh, a prominent Russian bank, and it's like locked off communication, and you can see the streams, the data packets going through, and this fluctuates based on Putin's interest. It was somebody in Trump organization that it clicked on a spam box that was linked to it was absolute nonsense it debunked by the new york times debunked by the washington post the clinton campaign put that out you know they put a press release out there mm-hmm. about trump as manchurian candidate now so i'm a little bit more ambivalent about trump vis-a-vis syria and russia i think syria there is a situation where there's no good options and the no-fly zone regime change is the worst option in my opinion that's that's a whole nother half-hour interview we can get in there um, but trump again uh... yeah like a lot of my friends on the left says oh you know he talks about iraq war was stupid he talks about disastrous libya and all the rest of it let's not this guy's not ron paul okay let's not make that mistake mm-hmm. there will be and he's got people like tom cotton uh, uh, General Mattis, uh, some insane people advising him. So, not good on the foreign policy front, but it, it's still far too early to know where the lines of conflict will be. Um, I mean, call me crazy, call me uh, a Manchurian uh, academic for Russia, but I don't see uh, inflaming things with Russia as a good priority for America. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, right. How about things like, uh, we'll go back to America for a little bit, civil rights. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there a mandate now, like, you know, a lot of his supporters and a lot of the things he said were inflammatory towards um, a lot of different uh, aspects, women, uh, Muslims, uh, um, yeah, yeah. homosexuals, a lot like that. Is, is there now, like, a slight mandate for hate for Trump supporters um, to, you know, put their bigotry out there where they would have hidden it before uh, from public? You know, I, I'm worried yeah. about that. 
Yeah, yeah, of course, we all are. And that is the real, you know, that's the real legacy here. And I'd say it's less about 4chan trolls, okay? The, the so-called alt-right and the anime Nazis and Pepe Frog people are a bunch of incel nerds online who are total, you know, sorry, uh, how do I use uh, the right language? I mean, total wimps and wouldn't, you know, uh, I mean, okay, there's going to be your Dylan Roofs, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. But the, the, the troll army are a bunch of goddamn wimps. But when we talk about the fraternal, uh, God, what is the fraternal order, fraternal brethren of the, poli the police union, mm -hmm. when we look at the FBI, mm -hmm. when we look at the prospect of Rudy Giuliani being the attorney general, oh, my God. I mean, that is an absolute <laughs> green light to law enforcement. And, and Oh, yeah. I don't think we have to be worried quite so much about the incel dorks in the, you know, in their basement who have been tweeting at, you know, liberals, you know, anti-Semitic things. I think their threat has been greatly exaggerated. Uh, and it's been greatly exaggerated by liberal journalists who want to feel self-important about being on Twitter because they think that Twitter actually counts for something. Oh, I hate Twitter. Where this really counts is, yeah, within police forces where we know there's latent uh you know white supremacy and we know that i mean look you know black cops kill black people this is the kind of system that has been constructed and that system which was under scrutiny and was under pressure and listen to be honest hillary did not do a whole heck of a lot more than say we need to have a national conversation all right yeah. she did not rally black lives matter she uh look Again, I want to really emphasize, and, and, and this is what liberal pundits are going to be doing. They're going to be performatively, effusively talking about their fear for their friends, for minorities, for sexual minorities, for women, and all the rest of it. And it, all that's true. But let us not forget just how terrible a, a campaign she ran, just how, you know, again, the the civil rights stuff was there in the primary was not there in the national election at all mm -hmm. we saw a depressed black vote we saw 13 percent of african-american men vote for trump what about 20 what about 29 percent of hispanics voting for trump Un unbelievable 29 unbelievable and that's because she did not have a fighting message she was like look let me just competently manage the system that everybody hates and that might appeal to the coastal highly educated elites that do quite well off that system thank you very much but for everybody else uh that's that's a disaster it, anyway. is, it is a disaster you're right and it's am i know, angry enough or too angry Did oh no 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 no, no i think you're angry my anger for, but 42 percent of women voted for trump as well which is a lot higher than i would have anticipated uh, it, it's shocking it's shocking now again i would say and i kind of mentioned this like hillary clinton her notion of feminism, I said this before, was a Sheryl Sandberg lean-in feminism. You know Sheryl Sandberg, who is the chief COO of Facebook, CEO, mm -hmm. sorry, chief operating, whatever, up there on Facebook. And her and uh, uh, and uh, Hillary are very close. Um, and actually, WikiLeaks wants to. Some of the emails imply that maybe Facebook, you know, and algorithms—they're trying to like, you know, tweak things to Hillary. But who knows? But. It's a kind of feminism which says, yeah, it's, it's a glassy ceiling breaking feminism which says, look, we need women in boardrooms, and of course we do, um, but it's one that prioritizes the educated, 
the elites. Oh, it's classism. And for those women them. in Texas, Indiana, all the rest of it, very little to resonate with them. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're in right. My opinion. I mean, uh, it, it, it may be good for that divide, but it's still it's still classism. Yeah, you know, you, you may yeah, be, yeah, yeah uh, all, all all the way. Um, all right, what about? Can we talk about class? Are we going to talk about class? Oh, if you want to talk about class, we can talk about class. Really about quickly, and I'm going to be controversial here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, listen, one of the things that defined the primary, and it was a weird thing where you had Hillary's coalition was based on identity politics and that wealthy, well-educated, professional elite that I talked about. And the fact that Bernie Sanders would kill in West Virginia, would kill in Kentucky, and you know, you had polling data that suggested that Bernie Sanders could flip Utah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's unbelievable. The fact that Bernie Sanders won white working class votes was seen as shameful. Yeah. amongst the Democratic elites. It was seen as some evidence that socialism is really about white supremacy and patriarchy. Now, man, what a disastrous take that was, all right? I mean, just absolutely suicidal. Hillary Clinton with her deplorables comment, I mean, I don't know if that comment itself drove, uh, you know, white women, white working class people in mass to vote against her. But it's, it's symbolic of that attitude that we don't want any impurity within our coalition. Now, look, sometimes I've been to Occupy protests and you have anti-Semites and, uh, you know, all, ty all types of crazy people. So you can't always handpick your coalition to be perfect. But it, it, really, it really reinforced this kind of echo chamber of Twitter, which is all about, you know, public displays of morality, and and virtue signaling and saying i'm a good person i'm you know my coalition will be the coalition of the virtuous um and there was really scorn poured on any attempts to try to win these people over to a broad universalist platform and i want to say this you know the first sorry, i'm going crazy here the first major party in the u.s to appeal to a non-racial universalist politics was the communist party okay so i'm I, I still believe that how you get a universalist politics that appeals across gender race ethnicity sexual all the rest of it i still believe that's a class politics um and if you want to call me uh whatever call me anything you like um <laughs> but but saying that that sector of the population is de facto just wrong and we're talking about communities, the Rust Belt, that have been absolutely devastated. Mm -hmm. And look, many of these people are not, you know, look, the question is, do you win all of the white working class? Well, what if you win 10% of those people that are in falling on economic hard times to your side because you've got an economic, you know, vision that is inclusive? All right? You don't have to win them all. And yes, many of them are racist and would not, you know, trade in, uh, you know, their white clan sheets for the Communist Manifesto. Okay, of course, I'm not an idiot, I get that. But the fact that you would say, no, these people are wrong, we wish to morally judge them, is, is just, again, it's suicidal politics. And Well, it seems to have been that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, what about, just, just quickly, what does it mean for New Zealand uh, and uh, the wider Pacific, since you are in Fiji, uh, you know, yeah. uh, the Pacific themselves, uh, uh, getting more ties with China. Uh, China's our biggest 
uh, trade ex, um, trading com- uh, country, and you know this talk about forty percent tariffs on Chinese goods for America. Um, mm. You know, so what does that mean for the Chinese economy, and then therefore well, means for us? Man, all right. So that's a, that's a great point. Uh, look, and if you're in Fiji, pl- please find some high ground. You know what I mean? The water yeah. is coming. I mean, yeah. sorry, I, I shouldn't make that, but like, it's, it's, I mean, look, it's already happening. The effects of climate change. Oh, are the so climate change, yeah. I mean, look at, uh, look, uh, fracking, coal, all that stuff, full steam ahead. This is a total, yeah. this is an absolute disaster. Oh, I don't want to overstate Hillary's green uh, credentials, but should a movement have gotten its A into G, I think they could have, you know, gotten some headway with Hillary. I want to say really clearly that, you know, in spite of all my critique of Hillary, I always thought it was better for the left that Hillary um, uh, was in charge. In terms of New Zealand, look, all right, here's, here's my take on New Zealand. John Key's whole, uh, you know, legacy has been about what, doing what? Turning us into the Switzerland of the Pacific, Right. Like, yeah. all you people looking at, you know, kind of apocalypse and fascism and populism in Europe, environmental collapse in China, now America, come to New Zealand, bring us your millions of dollars, mm. don't worry, no capital gains, no investors, no investment restrictions, buy our property. So, like, I mean, I think from John Key's point of view, that vision uh, is actually going to work quite well, um, <laughs> and that will exacerbate, well, I mean, look, I don't want to overstate it, I mean, you know, a lot of these... And to be honest, I hate Americans who say, oh, I'm moving to Canada, I'm moving to New Zealand now. It's like, honestly, you you said, you want to talk about white privilege. My God. Yeah. You know? Anyway, and I have have one last thought Mm -hmm. that I want to say about Trump. I believe that Trump will govern like a pretty damn conventional Republican. Now, again, that's awful, okay? Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. Conventional Republicans are hideous beasts. But again... This was the appeal that Hillary Clinton ran her campaign on. Oh, you good Republicans, come to my side. It's like, no, I think Trump is not going to rule. I mean, look, I mean, we had George W. Bush for eight years. I mean, like, people forget how terrible that was. Um, and so, so yeah, I don't want to... Now, the China Seas, I mean, uh, conflict in uh, kind of uh, water rights in mm-hmm. the Pacific. and I mean, that, that could get spicy very quickly because what what's amazing is you look at china's landmass and they have a, a a massive navy they have a tiny tiny claim to uh uh you know the ocean and these epz's which are kind of like the fishing zones and all the rest of it yeah. france has more england has more america is a massive china is actually is got, got a tiny little amount so you know china's probably saying yeah we we deserve to be all up in there um, you know, and, and in a certain sense they do, um, but that definitely, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a massive potential for conflict there, and that might be, that might just appeal to Trump's heart. I mean, you know, he is a, a sinophobe above all else, so, so, so maybe that's the, the conflict area there. All right. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, but I'm sure uh, <laughs> there's so much more to say, and I'm sure I'll get you back on over the next uh, week or so um, to continue, you know, after the dust has settled uh, and we see, yeah. uh, you know, um, the, well, I guess he's not in office until January, so um, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of wait and see, and you'll be in New Zealand at that stage, so you might... Yeah. Have, have heart, folks, and, uh, you know, uh, joy... <laughs> 
get into radical politics. Our time is a radical time. It's time to rise. It is a seriously radical time. And, uh, you know, uh, the mainstream consensus will not hold. So it's time to start exploring some radical ideas, folks. All right. All thank right. you, Jamie. No, thank you very much, Olivier Joutel. Um,